people like Damon Albarn, don't they? They like him mainly in magazines and music reviews because it's trendy to like him. I, I don't have a real problem with him. I just sometimes think that his music is sort of scraps of musing, which we're then expected to enjoy. And I also think that lately, actually after the first album probably for the Gorillas, they become a repository for mates and it's just the kind of music that I've heard in the charts already. And I think they're conforming to that rather than the charts conforming to what the Gorillas did. It used to be, it was a, a really playful, much bigger project and now it's become, I get my mates round and we have a good time. Where's the design part of this? It's not there, but nobody really mentions that, do they? Because you can't, you see, because it's Damon Albarn, he gets a free pass. Well, he shouldn't get a free pass. You know, quite a lot of what he's done with Gorillaz recently and the good, the bad and the queen, I just think is ordinary, really ordinary. And so I was a bit concerned when looking into his album, the nearer the fountain, the more, the more pure the stream flows. So you've got that long, that long sort of um, title to give you a little bit of, well, I'm really thinking about this. You might as well call it music that I want you to like or music that I want you to buy. Could just be that, really. Because whether or not you think these are internal musings, and there's some really haunting music here, whether you think it's that and... You know, the state of your of you uh, emotionally and the state of the world and all of that, whether they're comments, you're still in the music business and you still want people to listen to this and part with money for this. Whether it's a monthly streaming service, whether you're buying the tracks one by one, whether you're going to buy the album. Why don't you just put this out for friends? Why did you have to do this in the business? See, art versus commerce is always an issue, isn't it? And sometimes, you know, that's just the way it works. But at least people who comment on these albums should recognise that and not give this gentleman such a free pass. Not that I'm saying he wants a free pass. I don't think David Albarn does. I think he's given one. And I don't think it's entirely what he appreciates. The music in this album does... It does segue and vary from floating, scrap, scrappy, not in a bad way, haunting feel. You know, the, the title track is the first track here and it does seem as clear as a stream. It does, you know, it does seem that the stream's flowing here. There's a wash of synths with the vocal. It's swelling, you know. He's trying to sing as sweetly as he can, Damon on this track, you know, but then, and then we've got things like the Cormorant, which is just an odd percussion, it's, and, and and some floaty melody in there, it's the kind of thing that people will see as a deconstruction, I see it as something which might be quite easy to do, to be honest, but there are things also here, which reside in the club, so they have a sweet, a sweep of 1960s tinseled curtained club, and I like that, Royal Morning Blue is one of those. It's reminiscent of really early The The. Matt Johnson's The The. And it's got, you know, piano-led groove, some really slight drums, and then real parping horns. Fruity. Incredibly fruity. It, it has that 
wafting sweep and it's much more, much more successful. It works among the sort of bereft, sweet feel of Daft Wader with uh, approaching synth strings, a smudgy feel, a sort of uh, at the dawn feel of being on your own. And quite a lot of this is about being alone. And I think the feel is finding your way through this. Darkness to Light is a sort of stroll. A stroll when your head's not quite right. It has a bit of a 60s club feel as well. There are fruity horns in there, but it has a meander. And then you've got the Tower of Montevideo, which has uh, another 60s stage feel to it. With some sax, with some narrative. And I like the way that these two things butt up against each other. And I like the way that Damon Albarn doesn't have to say, well, this is the way I feel here, but we've also got this. Now, I'm just going to present these to you. And the way they run into each other really doesn't flow. And that's really important, I think, that we have these two feelings. One of the feelings about being, about the, you know, the world being heavy and all of that is the way I feel. And it will be our own truth. Because, you know, once you... Once you record an album and release it, it's not yours anymore, is it? It's ours. So you imbue it with your own feelings, don't you? And part of this album, I feel, is lonely. There's a weight of the world. There's a real, as I say, the word bereft comes to mind. And then the other part is being with people. Being on stage. Being in a convivial atmosphere. But with always the feeling that something's not quite right. And that's the feeling I get with Damon Albarn. Things are not quite right. There is a lot of very interesting music here. And they are more realised tracks. And for that, much thanks. You know, I don't think he's the best artist of his generation or anything like that. I think he's trying to find his way through how he feels and the music that he wants to make. And I believe from having from interviews that I've seen with him that that's the way he feels about this. He didn't ask people to say, you're marvellous and I want to hold you up as the apotheosis of talent. I don't believe that's what it's like, but sometimes he can present something and say, there you go, that's that. And it doesn't sound like it's quite finished. This is more fully realised. And that means you really get the nuggets of gorgeousness in here. He's trying to find his way through. He is right. The nearer the fountain, more pure the stream flows. But we can't get to that fountain. We're hearing this downstream. And that is the real point here. Ta-ta.